Welcome to Curate Joshua Tree. We are an artist-run periodical out of the high desert in California. We interview and do studio visits with local artists in and around Joshua Tree. You can follow us on our Instagram at Curate Joshua Tree or on our website at www.curatejoshuatree.com where you can find complete photo albums of each artist's studio visit. Okay, so we're here in Joshua Tree with Jenny Kane in her trailer that she makes art in. And um, it's a little windy outside, so we're hoping that we won't hear that today. Anyways, Jenny, thanks for having us. Tell us a little bit about this space. Um, this space is a 13-foot long by 7-foot wide um, like old kind of canned ham style trailer that I, um, bought off a woman in Yucca Valley. I also teaches yoga in town, Nisa. And, um, it was a project that she had intended on making or working on. And, um, she advertised it for sale and it was around the same time that I was living in a, a smaller house and had no space to work and decided to buy it and take everything out of it. So over the course of maybe a year, um, I gutted it and put in a working like a, a table and a drafting table and painted it with my favorite colors, lots of salvaged materials. Um, all the insulation is old insulite pads. Um, most of the materials are gathered or found except for the roof, which is a corrugated plastic from... so. Um, so adorable. It's so amazing. It's bigger than it. Yeah, it seems like it when you describe it, it sounds smaller than it actually mm -hmm. feels inside. Yeah. I guess so let's start from the beginning. How did you end up here? In Joshua Tree? Yeah. The big question. <laughs> and when? Maybe you can tell us when. Um, I 2008 moved here for the first time. I wasn't living here. I was a transient educator, outdoor educator. You might see some of them working in the park with a bunch of students from Los Angeles or other schools. They take kids backpacking, hiking, climbing. So I started doing that, you know, a few weeks every year. But then in between courses, we would stay here. We'd camp in the campground. And um, or maybe the second season I was here in 2009, a friend of mine, Danner, who I currently live with, he bought a house in town, and he's like, hey, do you know houses are really cheap right now? In 2009. Um, and so we, at the time, my boyfriend and I looked at, looked at some houses, and we're like, oh, my God, this is cheaper than paying rent, you know, to buy a house out here. So um, we bought a house and decided to stay. And that was 2009. 2009. Wow. Yeah. Um, and when you say you would come for a season, what does a season mean for that outdoor um, Usually October through December is a season, so the fall season for courses. Um, course is usually a week long, and it's usually in Indian Cove because they have big group sites for like 100 plus people. Mm. Um, and then the springtime would generally be February through April. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So 2009, you bought a place, and you moved to the desert officially. Yeah, but I wasn't doing art at that time, which is interesting. I was just sort of writing and sketching and I mean I was always doing art but never you know I never called myself an artist um 
I was a climber, I was a backpacker, I was a wilderness guide, all of those things yeah. first. And so. then what, where did you, along the lines between 2009 and today, start to call yourself an artist or make your art or whatever that rule is that you had in your head of, of being or not being? When did I that know, change? I know, right? It's, <laughs> it's kind of arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good question, I'm trying to think when... So every summertime, I would leave Joshua Tree, and I've always worked in Yosemite, so ever ever since 2009, so almost 10 full years, I've worked in Yosemite for the summertime. Um, That that work was really the the space that brought me back to sketching and painting and being really present with places and without, you know, with the environment, with the landscape outside of me. Um, and I backpacked a lot, so I took people backpacking. And so I started carrying sketchbooks with me. Um, you know, not small, but, you know, moleskins. Mm-hmm. Um, free. Almost one every summer. And um, I carried a small kit like that, one of the smaller ones. And I started doing drawings and sketches whenever I could, whenever I stopped. You know, and I would try to do the day from memory, so I'd try to draw the landscape from memory. And um, these are trails that I know really well, and they have a—they've basically they're imprinted on my mind. And so I tried to, when at the end of the day, say where did we come from, and draw it from memory, and then come back and add color. So um, it was really when I had the time to think about the things I was taking in visually and how to translate them beyond just a photograph um, is when I came back to line drawings and watercolors because those are the easiest things to carry. Mm-hmm. And that's translated into how else can I share this with people. Yeah. And so the community, other, all that other work has come from all the writing and all the sketches from, from like your t- ten, 10 years in the backcountry. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I don't know, there's... I was trying to think about cataloging them in order, but they're a little out of order by year. Um, but I think I refer back to these whenever I'm like, what should I paint? What should I do? Um, these are really beautiful, like little visual diaries. Um, this piece particularly was what inspired me to start doing the artist backpacking trips. Um, I so you're going to have to tell us about that, you know? <laughs> you're going to have to... Yeah. The... Um, um, Wait, so backcountry, we're drawing, we're reflecting. Yeah. <laughs> we have these portable watercolors in the sketchbooks. And yep. so that was, you think, in 2000 and... I started that in 2009. Okay. Um, so 2009 seems like a big year for you. You buy a house here, you're also drawing and sketching, you're out in the backcountry. Yeah. I've just gotten back from the Peace Corps the previous year. Life is crazy. And I'm trying to figure out like what I'm doing with my life, and so the only thing that makes sense is to um, give myself a small visual field. I think this is one of the early Joshua Tree pieces that I did, too. Um, I spent a lot of time in the campground, so this was, this was one of my sketches of the campground, I think, when I first got here, or one of those mm-hmm. first years. Um, so, yeah. No, just the colors of... 
sunrises and sunsets, you'll probably see that those visuals a lot. So most of what you do deals with the landscape when you're when you're making physical work when you're not dealing with with people. But we're gonna get into yeah, with people and totally. stuff like that. Yeah, and lately I've been trying to place people in them, which I haven't tried to do before, but it's challenging for me because like it, introduce the figure into yeah, the landscape. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm already so present as a person making the work mm -hmm. that the work doesn't need me or it doesn't need people in it. Right, because you're probably super sensitive to what's man-made since you're connecting so much to yeah. that country. Um, Such an interesting thing to have to think about balancing, right? You're hyper-aware of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I do write things like yeah so this was one of the attempts I was like I love my little tent <laughs> and I teach people about what they're seeing and so there's an element to which I was exploring how can these become um teaching tools or ways of drawing people into the landscape that's right. not just a pretty picture yeah um like a form of being present yeah and there's I don't know if there's that line drawing in there that just says um as like fill in the blank or something. Where is that one? Uh, maybe it's in my recent one. It may be the one inside the house. And so you went to. Um, I don't want to take you off topic. Mm. Oh, it's okay. But basically, like giving the. It's almost like an adult coloring book, but. Um, leaving enough space for people to fill in, mm -hmm. fill in the gaps themselves, like a guide, a visual guide. So I take people through backcountry settings, um, through difficult terrain, but I'm guiding them personally. So I'm like, how can my work guide people while I'm not there mm. to look at something in a way that they wouldn't have seen it before? Mm -hmm. um, I think ultimately that's what the, the two-dimensional like works on paper are intended to be. And so after this started happening, these little visual diaries, what what came after that? Did things start to um, lead into other work? Did you hmm. did you go to Otis before or after this? You went to Otis, I, yeah. I went back to graduate school in two thousand fourteen. Okay, so I so spent about five years doing this kind of work okay. before deciding that I wanted to figure out how to take this work and make it more public. Mm. And, um, I mean, it sounds kind of cliche to say, I want my work to make a difference, or I want to have more of an impact. Um, but I, that's I, I guess, you know, I hear a lot of people say that, but then it's like, how do you translate that into yeah. something that's action-oriented? Yeah, and how do you think you do, do that? Or did that, or is that like what it brought you to grad school? Yeah. Um, so outside, one of the pieces that I have, I'm really interested in mobile structures, and that's why I like working in a trailer. <laughs> because if I needed to, I could move this whole space, and it's got my whole life of work in terms of books and thoughts and everything. Um, it's not a backpack, so I can't carry it with me. But um, I was thinking, how can you create these small spaces that can act as teaching spaces, as gallery spaces, as resources that you can mm -hmm. move to people mm -hmm. rather than people having to come to these stationary places. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
I started visualizing this mo movable like teaching unit as like an art instruction center, and I wanted to build that. And um, Otis at the time had an MFA in something called public practice, mm -hmm. and one of their student thesis projects was a collaboration between two guys that came up with something called the Mobile Mural Lab. Mm -hmm. And I read into what they did, and I thought, dang, that's a cool program. If that kind of work comes out of this graduate program, I want to go there. Mm -hmm. And I want to study with the people who have that, you know, that kind of inspiration. Um, so, long story short, I got in, I went to school there for two years, and graduated in 2016. Um, and then I got <laughs> thrown right into JT lab stuff, like almost immediately because I had the really fortunate, um, I want to say luck, but the, I built a relationship with the instructor I was a TA with. Her mm -hmm. name's Rebecca Lowry and it was her idea to create this initiative to bring artists back into working with the national parks to support their mission. Mm -hmm. And I worked out here in Joshua Tree, so I was already working with her on some class projects for the undergraduate program. And so they wrote this grant to get some money to do this project through the NEA, and they needed somebody to do coordinate a volunteer art program, and she asked me to do it, and I was like, that sounds perfect. Amazing. And the birth of JT Lab then, right? Yeah, so... It really was just like everything was all in alignment at that particular point. And I feel really lucky because I hopped right out of school and got to develop a program that kind of brought together a lot of the things I love. Yeah. And so now for people who don't know what JT Lab is, you've just explained the birth of it. And so what do you guys do? What is JT Lab exactly? <laughs> I feel like I should read the mission statement because um, I always kind of mess it up. Um, and we have it right here. I have it. That's my <laughs> it's great handy. I have a little section of my trailer. That's the JT Lab Volunteer Art Program Office. Um, we also have a field office at Copper Mountain College, um, but I keep a lot of the things here because going back and forth to that field office is not um, particularly convenient for me. And I love that the mobile office means this shelf here inside <laughs> the trailer, which... <laughs> In ratio to the size of the trailer, this is about a cubicle size, which I like. <laughs> it's so good. Um, okay, so JT Lab's mission is, um, or explanation is, a century ago, artists played an important role in the formation of the National Park Service. And looking forward, Joshua Tree Art Innovation Laboratory, or JT Lab, aims to restore this role within the modern park service. Moving beyond making art for parks, JT Lab explores ways that the creative community can work with NPS to support our national parks. Using Joshua Tree National Park and the Mojave National Pre Preserve as testing grounds, JT Lab explores new roles that artists and arts professionals and art students can play in helping NPS pursue its mission of preservation and engagement. It enlists artists not solely as image makers, but as creative thinkers, problem solvers, and communicators who are highly skilled at tapping into contemporary culture, generating new ideas, and engaging the public in fresh and innovative ways. There it is. And that's no <laughs> small feat. <laughs> no way. We, do, we have a very um, um, inspiring mission. Um, one of those you know, ideas or those innovative ways is developed into the artist tea. Mm -hmm. And so one of the artist volunteer program has three different avenues, but the first one is artist tea, which is the one I love the most. 
Yeah. And so now you have to tell us all about the artist tea. <laughs> the artist tea is on Sundays. It's on Sundays from 9 to 11. And it started in October of 2016, so close to two years ago at this point in terms of seasons. So we said seasons earlier, fall season and spring season, mm-hmm. um, October through December. Mm-hmm. And then we have February through April as the second season. So we're into our fourth season right now. Uh, Artists see we gather at Cap Rock. Um, I get there early with my truck and pull out about an 80-pound tea cart that I built out of an old kitchen cabinet. You'll have to come see it. Or actually, you can take a picture. Take a you have to go to the artist's tea to see it really <laughs> you have to in come. action. Especially when Emily's presenting in April. <laughs> I'm excited for that one. Um, and it's pr- I would say the structure is informal. We s- generally start the talk or presentation around 9.30. But before and after that, there's a time for people to talk, connect, network, have a cup of tea, go for a walk. Um, oftentimes the weather is one of the variables that is most challenging. So today we had, still had like 22 people show up, but it was cold. Yeah, it was a windy morning. There was cold. probably in the 40s. Oh, jeez. And so people are s- so committed. Yeah. <laughs> They're sitting there listening to Mary Addison Hackett talk about her relationship to place and her sense of place. I'm like, this is perfect. She's talking about this while all of these people are sitting here you know, really experiencing what it's like to be outside yeah. and listening to an artist talk about their work. And uh, I had a moment where I was like, this is, this is what the program's about. Mm-hmm. Not just about what the artist is saying, which is always inspiring, but the, every week the people who gather and whatever the weather's like and whatever the color is like in, you know, in the sky or how many cups of tea we serve, all of that, I mean, it's... I think that's my definition of what public practice looks like. Yeah. And so do you, people bring their own cups, right? People then, bring their own cups and oftentimes their own chairs these days because I only have about six. Yeah. Um, the picnic bench gets full. Bring your own blanket too if you're afraid of being cold. Yeah. <laughs> but. That's uh, so great. And it's grown quite a bit. Lots of people come. Yeah. I, we still have a variety, like some weeks are six or seven people and some weeks are 25 people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always familiar faces and there's always new faces, which to me is a sign that it's not done, you know? Yeah. I kind of was thinking at the end of this season, maybe, you know, it's been a two-year-long project. Oh, yeah, I know. I think, <laughs> right? Yeah. Where you're like, okay, yeah. I had this great idea. I love it. I'm really inspired by it. Um, it's also kind of... A lot of work. It's a lot of work. And it's a Sunday morning commitment, 20 weeks a year. Yeah. Um, but there's so much value in it, that, and every week I'm reminded of it, that I'll probably keep doing it. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I know it. It's like until you're in the space, right? It needs to remind you again. And then when you're out of it, you're like, maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, no, this is why I do that. Yeah. I know. It's like a vicious cycle. Um, but I do want to say, um, because I always talk about artist tea, that we do other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's artists that we've selected last spring who applied to run their own programs. So we have five artists who are running what we call artist programs, and those are um, on select Saturdays, generally, some Sundays. Um, and they're on specific topics related to that artist. So we have Heather Sprague doing photography, Christy Campbell's doing... Um, 
climbing stories because she's been working on the climbing archive with um, local climber Kevin Powell. We have Garth and Sabina from um, ASU, uh, acoustic ecologists, who talk about sound recordings and climate change through their work. And um, another Jennifer Kane, not me, who's a painter, and she does the sensory art walk where they, at the end, we build a collective drawing. So all these other things are happening that are not just artist tea, um, although they tend to get kind of blurred or blended together sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's a big, that project's big. And it's still with your professor from ODES, right? Um, yeah, so Rebecca, Rebecca. She's, she's the embedded art artist, embedded art professional. So she works mostly on behind the scenes, uh, projects with the administration. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has an office at park headquarters and, um, we don't, you don't see her out in the park and running programs because that's my portion of the project, mm-hmm. but she's always doing things to support park staff, um, doing documentary projects on old structures. Um, and I wish that I could speak more clearly about what she does because don't I don't, about yeah, it. we're here to talk about you. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> she does some cool. cool stuff and, yeah. um, she's still, and she's working with other parks right now too, Sequoia and I can't even keep track of all the stuff she's doing. Um, I just kind of keep track of this stuff so that's yeah. pretty amazing that you shifted into Otis and then this kind of collision happened mm-hmm. and it and it you went from saying I wasn't an artist to then suddenly cracking open <laughs> this entire thing that's like built for artists yeah and around this idea of what practice is right uh, and it it brings together the backcountry because you're in the middle of a national park not none other than Joshua Tree, which is like right, unbelievable. Yeah, and so that's so amazing. It's it's fun. And yeah. so, where does that bring you now with your own work, with your own actual, yeah, practice in your studio? Are you? I mean, obviously, the tea is part of this public practice version of your work. But what about mm-hmm. the, like the drawing and things like that? Um, I definitely had to think about that when you asked me to sit down and talk about this because I thought, I'm not... What am I making right now? Because I spend so much time on, you know, thinking about how to bring people together to highlight other people's work to talk about the community as a resource. Um, And I see that as my work. Mm -hmm, Um, Sure. But, so I think that I, I took the last month is sort of this challenge to try to figure out how those are integrated or to integrate them in some capacity, if that's a visual way or it's a poetic way or both. Um, you know, because the cart, the tea cart itself is like an object that represents that process and those events, and it kind of contains all of the, the conversations in some way. It's always listening. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, I, a few weeks ago, I went up into the park because Cap Rock has become this site that I spend a lot of time at because that's where we have the tea. Mm-hmm. Um, every Sunday, I've probably spent over a year of Sundays, or let's see, so 20 weeks this year and over 30 weeks last year. Wow. So close to 52 weeks every Sunday. And um, the place changes with each event, each season. You see the light change, you see the temperature change, mm-hmm. and it changes you. 
and it changes your understanding of what that place looks like and how it feels. Mm -hmm. And so I went up there the other day to just draw the site. Because yeah. I hardly ever look at the place because I'm so involved in what people are saying yeah. and, you know, making sure they're warm and caring for the event yeah. um, that I wanted to give some love to the site itself right. and give some visual love to it. Just like what you were talking about at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back into the land mm -hmm. and being in it. And so, um, yeah, it went, that's the piece that I, I gave you for the show. Yeah. You can see Jennifer's work at the uh, opening coming up. Yeah. Which, for me, it was like, I sort of, was, I, I used the word love because it was, it was like that. It was like, I love this site, and mm -hmm. I got so into the curves of yeah. the rock. And um, the way that the landscape in Joshua Tree is shaped is so um, tied to water yeah. and wind that it was perfect that that day was so windy mm -hmm. that all, <laughs> all of the sand got stuck to the water <laughs> on the paper. Um, and I decided um, not to bring my watercolors, but just to bring a cup of tea. And so it's just a simple wash of, of tea on top mm -hmm. of, the, of the pencil. So it, to me it was like um, a way of, of reflecting on what I've been doing there, as mm -hmm. well as the practice that I've had, you know, just taking a few things. Yeah, and, bring it all together. Yeah. yeah. So It's so interesting because I find the work you do so interesting because you're you do this public practice stuff which I think a lot of people some people I shouldn't say a lot I don't know get confused is that art is that not art right it's like it's in that weird space yeah. of um it's so today and it's such a big movement that's happening yeah. around the conversation around art is become art itself right and so right um I love that I'm so into it, and I love that. And then you come back and make these, like, very classical, like, traditional watercolor drawings. Like, so you're on, like, both ends of the spectrum with with work, and I think it's so interesting that you use that as the means of reflecting on this, like, super big community-based thing. You go home and you draw in these, like, little watercolor drawings. I just think it's such a nice and very poetic and beautiful relationship between what making is and can be for one person yeah experiences are hard to capture yeah um and i you know an artist a painter chooses a canvas as a way to contain themselves and um i've always loved books i've always loved poetry those are sort of the i would say poetry is not something that i'm amazing at but it's um, a way of capturing like lots of different sensations and, yeah. and feelings in one thing so having the book format with these, like, trying to translate an, a huge experience, like a backpacking trip or, you know, landscape as big as Joshua Tree or as big as the Sierra. Mm -hmm. How do you reduce that to the, the details that are the most important mm -hmm. or that evoke yeah. what it was that you went through over seven days or 52 weeks? Just the essence of that thing. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. Um... And I think that's why I keep going back to the Sierra. Mm -hmm. And it's why I I hate just going to a place for a week. Yeah. It just feels so empty. And you go to the Sierra every summer still, right? If for the most part. I'm moving into this new job, so I get to spend less time there in the summers. Uh, we're going to talk about this new job in a second. But we'll... <laughs> you have a lot happening right now. It's incredible. I do want to bring up the thing, though, that seems to be a very common thread for you. 
is this idea, like you're a backpacker, and then this idea that you could pick up and leave at any time. You want to make artwork in a trailer because you could move it other places. <laughs> but at the same time, you are actually super rooted here. I'm like super rooted. And so that collision between like this transient, the, the desire to be transient, but actually concretely being... Mm here and everything in your home is your building you guys are redoing and building and, yeah. and so there is that sense of like of home and mm. I don't know what's can you talk a little bit about this or have you thought about it or is that too much psychology and we don't need to go there no no I, okay. it's actually quite um in sync with where I'm at in terms of my own psychotherapy whatever you know mm-hmm. thinking about my brain and where I'm at I think that we all go through that phase where we just want to like leave everything that we know behind and just get, or maybe not, not everybody does that, but a lot of artists are drawn to that. I feel like, um, and I did that for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, took a backpack and joined the Peace Corps and lived in Thailand for two and a half years. Did that done. Came back home. (laughs) Every question I ask you, you have like the best answer ever and I just want to then I'm like oh my god I have 10 million questions that okay keep going keep going because I want to hear the rest of it but I mean it's not like I had that urge went away I I still I think it's important to remember that we have these like locations that are comforting and house our our hearts that house our everything that we've been up into this point but we also have to be okay with that stuff burning down mm-hmm. you have to be okay with being able to leave it behind and that I had to learn that really young, and I hated that. And so I hold on to things really tight and then force myself to remember to let it go. Um, and I'm still trying to create balance between those two needs and extremes. And I think that's also why I don't want to make work that just gets hung on a wall. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I'd love it for it to be a relationship with a person. I love that the painting that someone buys just is a ticket to come on a trip mm-hmm. for seven days. I don't want the painting to be something that just becomes an isolated experience. Yeah. So nice. Yeah, like it's a token of the experience and, mm-hmm. and not just the experience all in itself. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, we could unpack a lot of that for a long time. We won't, but I like that relationship also with the use of watercolor and the thing that there's like no control, but also a little bit of control. And then these organized events that there's control over organizing them, but then there's not an organization of what could happen because you're inviting artists to them. So I, I get it. There's like this dance that you do with, with that. And I like it a lot. So, yeah. Um, but you got to keep going back. I think that yeah. that's the important part. You know, it's, it's multi, you can't just do it once. I think that true relationships are understood over time. Yeah. Um, so layered watercolors or going to the same place, but painting the same place over and over again. I think that those kinds of things, um, those kinds of practices really, um, really hit me in, in the heart, hit me yeah. deep. So... That's why I'm still in Joshua Tree, and that's why the trailer now has a roof, and it's pretty permanent. Yeah, it has a deck, too. <laughs> it's not going You'll anywhere. See in the pictures, it's, it's gotten more grounded, I'm sure, as we've been here. And I've gotten more grounded, for sure. Um, I would say that this place has, has helped 
Yeah. Grounded me, literally, bringing me back every year. I think that's what it does, this place. Mm-hmm. It either spits you out if it doesn't have any use for you or it holds on to you real tight. Uh, <laughs> what do you... And you're like, yes, I could say many things to them. <laughs> the, um, and so you've got this new job. And what is this new job? It seems to be art-related. Um, I mean, I know I'm just asking a leading yes. question. <laughs> I am t- I've been hired as the new executive director of the Arts Connection of San Bernardino, which is the Arts Council of San Bernardino County. Yay! Yay! I'm, I'm humbled, honored, and excited to um, get to translate more of what I do for the park right now to the entire county. Mm-hmm. That's and, amazing. Yeah, to move into being an arts advocate as well as an artist. And it's interesting when you move into administration or um, advocacy that you are more of an advocate for yourself as an artist. And ever since taking that job, I've spent more time in the studio. I don't know how that happens. It's like you get busier or spend more time giving to other people that you actually like, give more to yourself. Yeah, and I've so nice. really, really enjoyed seeing that. Like you just chose... Like, I chose the thing that I want my life to be about. And no one's going to ever tell you when that's going to happen. You know, I just turned 35, so bam. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> or at least for now. Yeah, I was like, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> for the next five years. So good, though. That's, yeah, I mean, it's just going to bring you somewhere else. I mean, we when we taught Matt a few months ago to talk about this interview, that really wasn't even on the table, right? No, at it the wasn't. Time. No. And so this is such a huge development since then because we were talking about yeah. getting in the studio and all that stuff. <laughs> and that's why my website's still not done. <laughs> yeah, you had homework, but that's okay. It'll be up and whatever. <laughs> It'll be up by the show. And so what <laughs> does this job entail exactly, just so we have a little... Some people that are like, I have no idea what you fucking yeah. mean by administration. Yeah. Like that, so. Um. Well... After three weeks, this is my answer. Um, so the, I wish I had their mission statement. I could read it. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> no, I have to translate. Sum it up. Yeah. So a lot of you know, it's working with individual artists, but it's also working with. It's working across sectors. So other nonprofits, other um, businesses arts organizations, um, artists themselves, to promote the idea that art is important for economic and other, like, health, the health of communities, so the well-being, economic well-being and vitality is the word that they use. Um, and the way that they can do that is, I mean, this is a, a state and local partner of the California Arts Council, mm-hmm. so we are able to help hi- highlight and uh, identify programs and projects that are going to support that mission. Um, so for one, let's say um, there's an artist who wants to... Like, I wish I had a better answer for this because I'm still learning. But we write grants that allow that create projects for artists to learn more about being an artist and allow their, their own practice to thrive. Um... But we take money from like organizations like SoCal Edison, um, Southern Southern California Gas, to um, 
I'm going to stop. I was like, can you edit this out? I have no idea how to answer this question. It's all right. Um, so you help uh, write grants and get some yeah. some stuff funded for artists. That's I mean, that's the sim- simple answer. Simple's good for us. We write grants. Yeah. <laughs> we um, we create programs. We have an annual conference that's really one of the, the milestones of the organization where they bring people together, artists, organizations, um, in different locations in the county to talk about art, but also to just network and say hey I'm an artist this is what I'm doing and to see how we can support each other yeah I think that w- one thing we forget out here is that there's a lot of people doing really cool stuff yeah and we don't have enough communication lines we have good good communication line but we don't I, we don't need to recreate the wheel 20 mm-hmm. times yeah. and there's a lot of organizations who are trying to do the same things so if we can create partnerships amongst artists and amongst or- other organizations I think we're going to have a stronger arts community mm-hmm. and um I think that one of the skills that I have is seeing those connections and building bridges. Mm. And that's why I'm excited to have that job. Yeah, that's awesome. There, that's my answer. Yeah, that's a great answer. <laughs> and you know, it's like very similar to the artist tea and all the practice. That's yeah. That. I think it's great. Yeah, just work on the... It's fun to have to have meetings with people and go to these like grant writing seminars at Congress like representatives' offices. And it's a different performance. Yeah, for sure. Putting on different clothes and... yeah. I'm I'm enjoying it. I would say that, for the most part, eighty five percent enjoyable. Yeah, I'd love to see what your watercolors are going to look like when you come home from those. <laughs> How do you remember the inside of that grant writing workshop? Will be super interesting to see if that ever comes up. You know, that is a good question. Like, am I going to seek t- just to draw a landscape when I come home to chill out and meditate, or am I the 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 office where I work has a beautiful garden. Um, and I, I definitely am going to start painting the water fountain in the garden. Yeah. It's, I think it'll be nice to see what, like, you come home with. And <laughs> even if it's not a landscape, it might be, like, yeah, the back of someone's head. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I had that in a meeting, right? Oh, man, that's what my college journals looked like. Yeah, it's doodling professors' heads. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you have anything else coming up? You're going to be in the show, Curate Joshua Tree at Outpost, opening March 17th. Is there anything else that we should be... I know everyone should look up the artist tees and, mm. and attend. They should come. Um, March 11th is Kate McCabe. I'm super excited. We're going to make a zine after her talk. Oh, cool. And uh, March 18th is Mill Tree. The team's coming to talk about their collaborative projects. And then the artist in residence at Boxo Projects, Sean, is going to be here at the end of March. Awesome. Um, other stuff going on in April. I'm trying to think. Um, we're probably going to have a presence at the Joshua Tree Music Festival, JT oh, cool. Lab. So look for us there. Um, we're working on revising some of the artists leave no trace principles oh, that nice. I've been working on for the last year oh, cool. with um, the land trust and with the tree or with Boxo projects. Yeah. So, the training. I saw that yeah. last year at the training. So Great. I think we're going to go back and work on another round of those cards, maybe a second edition. Cool. That's something I think in the future is going to be a big portion of my public work. Yeah. is trying to do that and the artist backpacking trip which will be in August oh right there's an artist backpacking trip if you're a beginning backpacker and want to yes. go backpacking I am <laughs> what's the dates do you have dates I don't have the set dates but I'll have them okay. by the show and I'll have a little card okay awesome yeah. 
So what does that mean for people? They can go backpacking where and do what? It's going to be in the Sierra, probably at Saddlebag Lake. Um, it'll be two nights and three days in the backcountry. We'll have one night to prep beforehand, so three nights and four days total. Or if you've never been backpacking, I'll teach you everything that you need to know. But you do have to get your own gear, and I can help you figure out where to rent it and, or buy it if you want. Um, it's not. It's really done at cost, so um, I can't provide gear, but I'll put together food and permits. Awesome. Generally about 200 bucks just to pay for food and, and the permits and things that have to get rented. And how many people can sign up for that? Uh, I like to keep it small, so it's five to six people total. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's just me, so... <laughs> and probably me now, and so you're going to have only three other people can go. <laughs> Last year we had three three people plus myself, and it was really a fun trip. Awesome. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that again. So it'll be over a weekend, most likely. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for having me today and talking about all your exciting things. And we can follow you where on your journeys with this. Um, the best place is Instagram at this point because I post there a lot. So that's at Jenny Kane Art. Okay, awesome. Thank yeah. you so much, Jenny. Thank you. I'm Emily Silver with Curate Joshua Tree. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you to Charlie Stavish for his audio engineering skills and all the artists for making this project possible.